atrial fibrillation. It's another silent killer. That's the topic today on Access Health Radio. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we're going to be talking about everything you need to know about atrial fibrillation. And I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon here on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y. D-R-U-G.com. And Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. If folks would like to get in touch with you after the show today, Doc, how's the best way for them to send you questions or find out more about your practice in Apex? Well, if they'd like to find out more about our practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or give us a call there at 919-363-0190. If they'd like to send questions in that we might even answer on the show, they can do so at accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And also, after the show, if they want to hear part of it again or if they missed part or have a family member or friend that they'd like to hear the show, they can always listen to an on-demand podcast at wptf.com. And we will provide links to that also on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. Dr. Forrest, this is a topic today that I'm not sure we have talked about previously. I've heard of atrial fibrillation, and I know people that have it, but uh, today you're going to give us a thorough explanation of exactly what it is and how to prevent it. Tell us more. Uh, Yes, Mike. I think that this is a topic that many people hear about, but they don't really have a lot of information about. And it turns out that in many cases, atrial fibrillation can actually be a preventable condition. And we're going to talk about that as well as some of the common treatments and issues surrounding atrial fibrillation today on the show. Uh, First, we need to understand what it means. Um, You know, your heart has four major compartments, uh, also called chambers. And two of those compartments are called ventricles, and the other two are called atria. And when the heart gets stretched from conditions like high blood pressure or sleep apnea, it can cause the electrical signals in the heart to become less regular and disorganized. And when the atrium of the heart beats too fast, because of this, it can even cause the heart rate to increase and become very irregular. And the dangerous part about this is that often patients do not have any symptoms at all of atrial fibrillation. And if they are not checking their own pulse or using a watch that detects this rhythm, they might not even know it until it causes a stroke. So, Dr. Forrest, how is it that this type of heart arrhythmia can cause a stroke? Well, the the problem occurs when the atria, which is the top part of the heart, is contracting sort of chaotically. And because it's not contracting well and it's just sort of Uh, fibrillation is the word, but it's just sort of barely contracting, but very rapidly. What can happen is clots can form inside of that chamber in the the heart. And those clots can just sit there, but uh, a normal contraction of the heart can actually force those clots out. And if it forces them out of the heart, they can go straight to the brain. And this clot can instantly cause a, a stroke. 
And this is the reason that most people with atrial fibrillation are also on some type of a blood thinner. And that makes it harder for them to have a problem uh, from potential clots that might form like this. The other issue is that sometimes the bottom part of your heart, that's the part called the ventricle, that normally actually pumps blood out to the body, it can start going faster as well. And, you know, in medical circles, we call that rapid response. But that can also be deadly because if, if uh, you know, uh, if you're not an athlete or you have any blockages in your heart or anything like that, and all of a sudden that part of your heart is, is beating at 130 beats per minute all the time, uh, that can really be deadly. Um, so new guidelines for atrial fibrillation put the focus on keeping that heart rate from getting too fast. Uh, and often medications are used to help kind of keep that pulse rate under control. So now I know where the word defibrillator comes from, that, that device that EMTs use. That's correct. That is the same, the same type of fibrillation, although that's usually ventricular fibrillation, mm-hmm. not atrial fibrillation. But that is what we use for, uh, for getting people out of that rhythm. All right, Dr. Forrest, time now for the Access Health Tip of the Week. Atrial fibrillation often has no symptoms and is much more common in people that are overweight and those who have sleep apnea. If you're someone who is sleepy during the day, even after a normal amount of sleep, this could be a sign that you have sleep apnea, which can contribute to atrial fibrillation. If you snore loudly or you easily fall asleep during the day or with long drives, you should see your doctor and find out about getting tested for sleep apnea and atrial fibrillation. Treating sleep apnea is one way to help prevent this potentially deadly silent killer. Okay, thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, more that you need to know about atrial fibrillation and our Access Health Trivia. Welcome into Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. We're talking atrial fibrillation and what you need to know about this preventable disease today. Key things to find out about it. And Dr. Forrest, you mentioned earlier that many people with atrial fibrillation take blood thinners. I've known people on Coumadin before. Can you talk about those blood thinners for us? Yes. So for many years, uh, the main medication used to prevent the clots from atrial fibrillation uh, was something called Coumadin, uh, also called Warfarin. And this is an old medication and the same ingredient used in some old types of rat poison. And although Coumadin works and it has saved many lives, it also has a lot of side effects and problems with it. One of those uh, being that it requires frequent lab monitoring of your blood uh, and even a special diet relative to foods with vitamin K. Besides that, and many of the drug interactions, it also increases the risk of bleeding from some types of stroke and dangerous bleeding in general. So, you know, if you're in a, if you have a fall uh, or if you have a car accident or you cut yourself accidentally, uh, it also gives you a much higher chance of having dangerous bleeding from that. And some of the newer blood thinners, which are called NOACs, are safer in regards to some types of stroke, and they also do not require the constant lab monitoring. Uh, the, the main downside to those newer blood thinners is that they are much more expensive. Um, some of the names of some of those newer NOACs are Eliquis, Xarelto, and Pradaxa. 
And the other problem is that uh, reversing them is more difficult if you need to immediately sort of thicken the blood and make it clot better. Uh, that's something you can do relatively rapidly uh, with warfarin. And you can do it with some of the other newer medications, uh, but all hospitals don't necessarily have access to that, and it can take a little bit longer to do. Now, you mentioned that these newer ones, these NOACs, are more expensive. So are these newer blood thinners for atrial fibrillation covered by insurance? And what about for people without insurance? What can they do? Well, most insurance companies will cover the new blood thinners for atrial fibrillation, although usually with a higher copayment. But patients and insurance companies also save money by not having to do all of those trips to the doctor or to the lab for blood monitoring that they're required to do with Acumadin. There are some voucher programs. There are coupons. There are even special deals from certain pharmacies. You know, for example, Marley's mail order program where patients can get these medications much more affordably, uh, even if they're not using insurance at all. Now, Dr. Forrest, you mentioned that sleep apnea might actually be a risk factor for atrial fibrillation. How are these two things connected? Well, obstructive sleep apnea, also known as OSA or just sleep apnea, can cause the pressure to build in that atria of the heart. And those increased pressures can put stress on the atria and even stretch it out. Uh, This can make it more prone to abnormal electrical activity and what we call arrhythmias. So imagine if you had an electrical cord that you constantly pulled and stretched, sort of like some of my extension cords out in my yard. Uh, if, if, if you constantly pulled and stretched that cord over time, that could fray some of the wiring and make the electricity not flow correctly. And essentially, although that's an oversimplification, that is essentially what is happening with atrial fibrillation. Um, and it can be caused by that higher atrial pressure that's stretching out the heart. And we know that obstructive sleep apnea uh, can put that extra pressure on, on that part of your heart and cause that stretching. You know, I'd, I'd heard of both of these things before, but I did not know that there was a connection between the two of them. So that makes a lot of sense. Straight ahead, Dr. Forrest discusses key points about atrial fibrillation that you will want to know. Also, our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is coming up. Welcome back into Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. Today's topic, atrial fibrillation. I've already learned a lot, uh, but I'm sure that folks, Dr. Forrest, have questions about some of the finer points of this topic today that they may have for you, or they may even have some questions about your practice in Apex. How can they get in touch with you? Well, if they miss part of the show and they want to go back and listen to that, um, or if they have friends or family that they'd like to be able to listen to the show or catch part of it, uh, it's always available as an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. In fact, the specific link is WPTF.com forward slash access health. We also provide uh, links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. And if they'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or they can call uh, 919-363-0190. 
And again, if they call Whitney at the office, she can give them information about, uh, you know, how we operate uh, and, how you know, the kind of services that we offer there. Uh, Whitney will always be the one that picks up the phone when you call. And again, that number is 919-363-0190. And if listeners have general non-emergent questions they'd like to have answered on the show, they can send those emails to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, and people who've been listening to the show for a while know that probably about once a month uh, we'll go in and do a mailbag show and we'll answer some of those questions and really try to, you know, get people the information that they're actually interested in knowing about, you know, that month. Right. Now, today's topic, of course, atrial fibrillation. Uh, we'll get to more of that here in just a moment. But right now it's time, Dr. Forrest, for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Yeah, so the trivia of the week this week is uh, obviously on topic, and it's about atrial fibrillation. And I think even though I know, Mike, you've heard of it, I know you've probably got friends or family that have been diagnosed with it, Mm -hmm. and we hear about atrial fibrillation all the time, I don't think people really realize how common it is. Um, And when I was actually looking up these statistics, I was surprised at how common it is, even though I have a lot of patients with it. And it turns out that about 10% of the population or about 6.1 million Americans actually have atrial fibrillation, according to the CDC. So it is not a rare condition at all. You know, and you know, Mm. one out of 10 people basically has it. Um, you know, so it is common. And, you know, when we think we talked earlier about, you know, the possibility it could cause strokes and contribute to that. And it turns out, according to the American heart association, that about 15 to 20% of all of the strokes that people have actually did result from atrial fibrillation, uh, as we talked about earlier. So it is common. It is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to have. Probably most people have someone in their family that has atrial fibrillation. Um, and they might have somebody in their family who has atrial fibrillation and is unaware because, again, it can be very asymptomatic. Sometimes people don't feel palpitations or anything else. And to think that this actually causes 15 to 20 percent of all the strokes, that's that's really something we need to pay attention to. Yeah, that is significant. So uh, tell me now, what are some keys that you would like people to take home today from our discussion about atrial fibrillation? And, And sort of to recap, sort of tell us again, what is atrial fibrillation? So, you know, atrial fibrillation, it is a heart arrhythmia, um, and it's sort of different because it's what we call an irregular, irregular rhythm, meaning if you were actually to take the pulse of someone who's got atrial fibrillation, you wouldn't be able to tell when the next pulse was going to be. It's totally unpredictable. Wow. So, you know, instead of a, a regular, you know, fast or slow, it's, it's totally random, it seems, when you're taking somebody's pulse with atrial fibrillation. Um, it's also a common reason that some of the automated blood pressure machines uh, that people use at their home can be inaccurate. So, you know, sometimes if they get a really weird reading on their blood pressure machine, it's because the blood pressure machine was trying to listen for that heartbeat, and it couldn't tell when it was because it was so unpredictable. Um, but it is an irregular rhythm and often has no symptoms at all. And it can lead to strokes and to a dangerous heart rate. Uh, We call that rapid response. Um, It can be uh, prevented in many cases, um, you know, by doing things like keeping blood pressure down, 
um, identifying people who have obstructive sleep apnea, um, and then treating that. So somebody who's got sleep apnea, if you treat that, uh, and you can avoid having those excess uh, elevated pressures uh, in the atrium part of the heart, that can prevent those pressures from causing stress and stretching out that part of the heart, which can lead to, lead to those abnormalities in electrical activity. Um, so it is important to keep in mind that it can be prevented, not in all cases. Some cases are you know, have to do with, um, you know, defects in the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those may be from aging. Some of those defects can be from, you know, previous heart attacks. So there, there can be other causes. Valve problems can, can lead to atrial fibrillation. Uh, but sleep apnea, it looks like, is one of the things that we can treat and take care of, which may help prevent it from uh, happening. Um, the other key point today is that there are newer and safer blood thinners for atrial fibrillation that are, are out there now. Um, lots of people are familiar with Coumadin, and we used Coumadin for years. Uh, but as people who've been on Coumadin know, it's something that you have to go and get your blood checked frequently for, sometimes as frequently as every five days to ten days to make sure that the dose is correct. Um, Coumadin has lots of drug interactions and is, you know, more likely to make you have a bleeding type stroke. And those newer medications have been shown by the FDA to be safer in terms of uh, those bleeding type strokes. Uh, but the downside is they are more costly. Um, typically, they're going to be much more expensive than Coumadin. Uh, but there are some special programs in place. There are coupons and things where you can actually uh, get them for a reasonable out-of-pocket cost. And it is one of those type medications that, uh, you know, Marley Drug on their mail order program uh, has a program where they can get people significant discounts. So even though it is covered by most insurances, they, they can be a higher copay. Uh, but even out of pocket, it can be made affordable if you if you sort of use the right program. And then lastly, um, how do you detect atrial fibrillation? Well, uh, routine checks with your doctor. Your doctor typically is going to listen to your heart. They should be checking your pulse. Um, you should occasionally be having an EKG. Um, and then even some smart watches now, like the uh, Apple Watch, can detect atrial fibrillation. Technically, they don't diagnose it, but they, they are pretty good at picking it up. So those are some ways that uh, you can sort of find out if you have it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Forrest. This has been a wealth of good information today, and I really appreciate it. And I know that uh, folks will uh, appreciate it as well. Uh, Once again, could you give us a quick wrap of how folks can get back in touch with you if they have a question? Well, if uh, if folks have a question about today's show or want to get in touch with us, they can uh, email us at accesshealthradio at gmail.com. They can get up with our office at 919-363-0190, or they can go to WPTF.com or to our website, accesshealthradio.com. That's all the time we have for today, Dr. Forrest. Well, our scripture this week uh, is appropriate. It's from Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Thanks again for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.